I gave him a fiver. So, um, you know, yeah. as as a golf guy, I, you know, I keep cash on me. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Round Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can go to your favorite podcast app, as long as it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Podcast Center, or Stitcher. Uh, and as always, you can find us on Instagram at wheel route podcast the dms are open for sure my name is logan whitehouse i'm on twitter at logwan the dawn coming to you guys uh from beautiful stewart florida where you know we're balancing out extremely good weather vibes with all the old people coming back in town vibes and uh you know so it's kind of a wash uh but i i will say you know since people yearn for the weather update primo like 82 high light breeze you know it's Really, really nice. Really a great day to sit in a cubicle. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Schenk. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where the fall weather continues to blossom. We've got chilly nights. We've got mild days. Beautiful. You know, a cool-ish breeze in the afternoons, um, starting to knock some leaves off of trees. So peak season probably done with, but, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. Circle of life. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan. It's great to have college hoops back, guys. Um, spent a lovely evening watching the Who's cover the spread in their season opener. Um, saw a lot of new names, new faces out there in orange and blue and white. Um, excited to learn more about them. And uh, maybe, maybe do a refresher roster read through here in the next week so i know who i'm dealing with <laughs> moving forward those are always good to do especially modern era of the transfer portal am i right yeah. don't i know it that's very right and, and i i'll i'll speak for vaunted virginia sid eric Proctor by saying i'm sure he appreciates you checking the roster yeah so i'll give him his clicks yeah that's right <laughs> Uh, my name is Jason Freck. I am also in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, uh, where we have had um, some beautiful weather, I think. Uh, Jordan and I got out on the course yesterday. It was Yeah, I saw a little that windy. Little, little Monday golf for the boys. Love to see uh, it. Wonderful. It was it was a little windy, but it was it was it was perfect. Story we got some colors like the sun the sun was setting like over Lake Five. It was uh couldn't ask for better. So, golden yeah, hour for the golden I'm, boys. That's right. That's right. I'm very excited to join this podcast, which, as we all know, is one full hour dedicated to the JMU men's basketball Dukes. Um, and yeah, I I think the in the show notes, what I'm reading is that it's just a minute by minute breakdown of JMU beating Michigan State in overtime last night. Is that I'm looking at the right file or? Uh, you know, we it's can an interesting translation you've applied to the file. <laughs> I, I understand this has been known to happen, so I understand. I will say, Jason, I do appreciate 
that you tweeted on the Twitter account you haven't shared with the listeners yet. You haven't gotten to that oh, part okay. of the intro. But all I all I saw, I pulled up Twitter last night and I just saw that Jason tweeted bang period. And uh, I had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, the, mic, the real the Mike Breen. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna tweet bang so MF and hard. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even so MF and hard though. It was just it like was, a... it was composed. We expect to be there. Uh, okay. Yeah, I tweet. Well, I tweet. I'll file that way for later. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure, that one won't nip you. No, I don't know. Definitely not. When UNC Wilmington games, comes to town or whatever. Oh, they're gone. We're not. A, that's a conference which shall be not be named. Brett Blizzard ain't walking through that door anymore. Your UNC roster knowledge at this point is probably better than your UVA knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my whatever. Two thousand. He knows the two cuts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to see me tweet things like uh, bang as a complete sentence with punctuation, I tweet them at Jason, at Jason Clark on the Twitters. He's a communications professional, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Um, gentlemen, are we drinking anything this lovely Tuesday evening? Yeah, I've got a uh, a frosty bottle of Miller Lite. <laughs> lovely. Got to celebrate I've... any Virginia win I can get at this point. <laughs> no joke. And Perfect Jamie respect. win. There you go. Yeah, yeah. go Dukes. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, uh, as uh, my compatriots saw me scramble to get as Logan opened the podcast, uh, since we spent the entire preamble of the podcast, usually listeners fixing my atrocious microphone sound. So, uh, you know, jury's we'll still out. Together. Jury's still out. We're it's we're a, we're gonna lay hands on your computer later. We're, we're about the process. Right? We're yes. about the process. <laughs> right. And so I'm now only drinking uh, a flat tanner. Lovely. Yeah. Jordan, I'm joining you. The beautiful white can, Miller Latte. The fine Pilsner. That's right. Happy to be you guys. Happy to be I here. I saw someone at the course yesterday had thrown away or lost a koozie that was made to look like the outer shell of a Miller Lite can. Wow. And I almost picked that's it up, very, but I thought. That's very You can, you can launder I mean, it. You could probably launder it. I got enough koozies. That's for, true for a one-person apartment. There's some. There's a good. I feel like koozies are like a subtle flex, though. If you have a, a koozie from a cool spot, yeah, I like that. I think they can be. Yeah, I don't. I don't use koozies very often. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's, I it's a weird. Drink I just never, fast. <laughs> yeah, I never remember them, and then I'm like, if they're the way through the beer, and it starts to warm up, and like, ah, I should get a koozie, but. Wow. They're all the way I over think, there, stuffed in that drawer that I never open. And party I animal. think some of my favorites are probably the obscure, like sponsors of yeah. golf tournament, or like I, I think I have one from the fishing tournament we participated in, Logan, where it's yes. like a boat towing service. Yes, I've, like I've boat tow USA. Yeah, I have yeah. a, I have one for, for the American Water Resources Association, Florida chapter. Yeah, we think exciting. there's a, we think there's an inverse relationship, uh, or whatever relationship between. The amount that you to which you have to explain what a koozie is and how cool it is. I think it's, yeah. it's a good relationship. The more you have to explain it, the better the koozie. That's a great point. I um ordered some yeah. Chubby's shorts. As you know, I'm a big fan of the Chubby's. They hug my ample glutes in just a great way. And um, they sent yeah. like if you spent more than like seventy five dollars or something, like they sent like a, a pack of koozies along, and they're very cool. Like the reversible, they're very cool. Kind of like that, uh, you know, those like a, the Dixie cup design with like the pink and the blue, and like oh, yeah. it's like that like swoosh kind of thing. Yeah. There's one that looks like that. And I was like, oh, it's kind of they're they're a little they're kind of you know oh, yeah. 
Miami Vice colors, but it's okay. Yeah. We well, dig it. Um, for, for any design companies to capitalize on the non-copyrighted but nostalgic designs that everybody loves. Yeah, yes. it's in the public domain now. Yes, That's right. absolutely. Um, speaking of the public domain, I was out in the mix in Virginia this past week. Uh, it was lovely to get some chilly air on the skin. Um, yeah. Be back in it, Jordan. Regret not seeing you, but figured I saw you like three days prior to that. So, you know. I, I you you had your fill of I, earlier. <laughs> could have done a drive by, but it. it was lovely to see Jason to kiss his face and uh, gaze into his yeah. eyes, um, in the flesh, uh, and enjoy a couple delicious beverages, uh, and, and and a good chat. And uh, you know, you got to see the spawn live in the flesh. I did. I he's did. a good. Got he's to, a good hang. Got to greet the young one. He, he was delightful. He he comported himself very well at the brewery. <laughs> we love that. We love that. Yeah. Um, Great. But yeah, uh, guys, we stayed at a house in in lovely Bumpus, Virginia, Lake Anna, and I think we did like we did like a back of napkin tally of actual beds available, bed spaces available in this place, and I think you could have slept like not putting people on couches like north of forty people in this place. Gracious, it, it was huge, um, beautiful. Looked straight west, so we had like perfect, awesome lake sunset. Oh dazzling into the the wedding proceedings uh it was a good time congratulations i know joseph listens congratulations joseph and marissa so uh yeah. it was, it was a lovely, lovely weekend but uh and it was nice to see we got to see a friend of the podcast connor whitehouse as well so i mean it was wow. just a real who's who i saw like eight, eight you know 75 percent of the people who listened to the podcast this weekend it was pretty cool so it was like a shareholders meeting. Yes, pretty, right. pretty much was, pretty much but you know report and it went great Yes, absolutely. Stan, Virginia, cooler than I remember it. Um, yeah, and Waynesboro, Virginia, cooler than I remember it. Who, who, who would have thought? So, um, you know, I, it's I probably a, a relatively low bar to clear, if we're being honest, but it's still true, especially Waynesboro. Um, yes, but <laughs> it's, yeah. it's resounding agreement. Um, it would appear that some of the the Charlottesville spillover is probably having some probably some net positive effects on the um, the vibes. Uh, but you know. Gentrification is a double-edged sword, so you must, you must, you must take it. Just to clear this, are you, are you uh, confirming that Connor is participating in, in that process? Oh, I don't, I don't think Connor is participating in gentrification. Okay. Um, no, no, I think, um, but I mean, we all reap the benefits if you like to, you know, do some gentrification activities. You know, I'm gonna bite my tongue. <laughs> Neither not, confirm nor mm-hmm. deny. All right. Well, it is what it is. We'll keep it moving here and get into um, a more fun topic, which is Connor Stallions. A better, dun, dun, dun. a better Connor, a different Connor, uh, <laughs> and um, a more yeah, I, mean, I guess Connor. as as the world turns in Ann Arbor, Michigan, seems like things are happening pretty fast for our guy connor who has resigned his post um honorably honorably <laughs> resigned as not to be a distraction i hope he put like a, a dishonorably discharged do you think he sent like a an overwrought um goodbye email to everybody like uh <laughs> coach harbaugh i mean i cannot wait for that to make its way into the public domain uh for us to see from c stallions spy lord at michigan.edu um or whatever his whatever his email address is but yeah i mean listen it's pretty clear that mr stallions was up to some some nefarious activities of the highest order um 
this is going to be a, just a fascinating watch down the stretch here as the Michigan fans dig in on like well, alternating between we didn't do anything wrong and everybody does it, uh, yeah. which is my favorite, my favorite thing. Uh, and um, we've already like in the, in the days since Connor Stallion resigned and sent out uh, the statement saying I did this all of my own accord. Nobody else knew anything uh, since then in like the last three days. Uh, and we've, Michigan has compiled a like essentially binder of uh, mm-hmm. documents that they believe prove everybody else was doing the same thing with their signals and their signals specifically. So it's been a good fun year. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I still think there's nothing better than Connor Stallions getting caught mid fist pump wearing Central Michigan gear while standing on the Central Michigan sideline, like, I also, just, like I, fully I playing, that. fully playing the part. I did see that clip, Jordan, you talked about of the guy running to the sidelines and the immediate, like, bring the head down and bending the volume. Well, up. and so I saw it a couple of times again, and I think the reason he's ducking away is because Mackle or whatever the coach is, is it McElwain? Yeah. Oh, it's McElwain was headed that oh, way. And so he oh. knew he was going to get. He wasn't even worried about the camera. He, just, the brim of his he just thought boss man was going to recognize somebody. I think it was know. probably both. He probably yeah. knew, like, cameras coming and. The big whistle is coming. God, how funny Absolutely would it have been if Jim McElwain was the one who tipped off this whole thing? It was <laughs> Sweet Mac himself. Um, we have some weird allegations that Ryan Days could be going to jail uh, for for something, which is which obvious. Is, obvious conclusion. The end point yeah. of this. Yeah. Which you is, know what? I'll sign on to that. I'll testify <laughs> against Ryan Day. Jordan's seen Ryan Day's fourth if the fourth and short comes, play call sheet, and jail is the only destination is for Jordan Shank. Um. Anyhow, we'll, we'll we'll continue to monitor. It sounds like the Big Ten commissioner is going to earn his paycheck in the next couple of weeks, just sort of navigating this, because I think people are mad. And Michigan, I think Michigan, um, obviously, is going to dig in as hard as they can on this. And I think the Big Ten would love for Michigan and Ohio State to be in the playoff. So there's a lot of different, um, I don't know, Things a lot of conflicting interests. Yes, conflicting interests. Well said. Well said, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there was a report yesterday that was like, oh, Harbaugh could be suspended within a week or something like that. And then I don't know if that has been walked back or if Michigan is just continuing to leak out like page by page uh, this binder of information about, you know, their signs potentially being stole, 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 stole or whatever. So sold upon hold. So anyhow, uh, yeah, we can uh, we'll, we'll continue to watch because it's a delightful story. Mixed Connor Stallions, if you would like the opportunity to come explain yourself, you're more than welcome. The DMs are open. Please, we'll let you wear we'll let you wear the sunglasses just to make sure. Yeah, you can record the entire interview to make sure that we don't take you out of context. Yeah, I'll record it too because Virginia is a one party state. So, but I'm sure he already knows that. I'm guessing he's familiar. Thanks, that's a question. Do you think there was ever any consideration given to traveling to a Virginia-based football team to spy on them? Um, no. Well, how how long ago was this allegedly started? They only got hired like two and a half years ago or something like that, okay, I think. Which no. happens to correlate with Michigan like having very much their best run of the recent years. Yeah, following following their worst run during the COVID years where there was nobody allowed in the stadium. Now, I will say, if if, say... A Clemson or an FSU was playing at Virginia or at Virginia Tech. That might those tickets would have been cheap, especially yes, at Scott a, Stadium. 
that's a convenient spot to yeah right well anyhow i'm gonna i'm gonna really i, I just i'm already yearning for the uh the untold documentary series, the Connor Stallion tapes. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be tremendous. Hopefully, yes. hopefully they do a better job. I hope than... he does the whole interview in the CMU gear, <laughs> like with the... dressed up like club pro guy with, with the sunglasses. With the voice changer, just be like, I, 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 I was completely oh. on my own accord. <laughs> we forgot to, uh, we forgot to mention uh, that it came out what, today or yesterday that, uh, he owned this house that was the front porch was covered in covered in vacuum cleaners, and the HOA questioned him about running a business, and he insisted that it was Michigan State fans trying to distract him from his work. Yeah, so, which is top tier college football. Very, very that that is like the second most important thing that's happened in the last four days. Michigan State fans tried to distract me from my yeah. work, my important work. Me, a volunteer that. assistant. Yeah. Apparently, he was selling the vacuums, or re- allegedly trying to rehab and sell them. And the, there's the HOA. The HOA sued him for allegedly operating an appliance refurbishing business. He fought back, representing himself in court, obviously. Hell yeah! And responded by saying, "I suspect that whoever has chosen to sue me either one doesn't like the fact that I'm a veteran, obviously, or right. two is a Michigan State fan and knows I'm a Michigan football coach and wants to draw my attention away." Calling yourself had, a coach. I, I am a Michigan football coach is a wild had, statement. <laughs> he had one specific Spartan friend in mind, think someone named Jeff, who lived on the street and he decided attending Michigan State. Hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That is really good stuff. Um, all right. Let's uh, yeah, <laughs> let's get back to it here. We got, we got all the games to talk about. Playoff rankings came out. Nothing has changed. Um, Michigan, still there. So uh, until... Yep. Until the other two falls, uh, I guess Michigan will will stay there. Um, the coaching carousel continues to lightly spin. Alex Grinch, sorry, Alex, it's time. Your time is up. We'll get to the game, uh, but uh, he, you can probably guess how it went, given that uh, Mr. Grinch um, met uh, untimely demise there uh, over the weekend. I think it was time. Um, their defense is just like apocalyptically bad and not really getting better or showing any sort of signs of life. So I suppose a mercy killing was due. Yeah. And he, he was going through it on the sideline on Saturday night and there, the cameras were showing a lot of him and a lot of pained expressions. So in some ways this is probably better for his mental, emotional and physical health in the long run. (laughs) Correct. I think not coaching, not being involved in the profession, this is probably this always a net benefit to your mo- emotional. But the only thing it really benefits is your pocketbook, it would appear. But um, yeah. sign me up for a couple yeah. years of that. I, I'd, give it I'd, I'd counter stallions like, it for a couple years. Yeah. So many coaches turn up like 18 months later looking like they've just like come back from the most wonderful vacation. Yeah, once, there. once the ulcers are all gone. Yeah, they're in shape to fire them back up. And it's wild. You know, Dan Mullen doesn't look any different because he was like spent half his time at Florida wakeboarding as it already was. So, you know, he was constantly on vacation. Certainly. <laughs> that one up for you. You certainly, are welcome. <laughs> certainly didn't, didn't spend any time stressing out over recruiting or anything that would have caused him any grief. Uh, that's for sure. Okay, um, I don't know if we ever mentioned on the podcast, but uh, I guess it was announced the uh, that uh, Brian Ference, Kirk Ference's son, would not be retained at Iowa, which um, I think mm. was a decision that appears to have been made 
by the interim athletic director. Um, I don't think Kirk was firing his own kid, especially during the season. Um, well, especially given, you know, how it's gone the past three years. And uh, I don't think Kirk is extremely happy about this either. So but just keep an eye on Iowa. It seems weird. Also, like, how often does a coordinator get canned and also allowed to finish the season? Like, I feel like we see it every once in a while in a head Yeah, coach, coordinator. Right? That's this will be their point. last year, but... Very, it usually happens with, it happens with coaches, like, enough, but... Well, yeah, I, I just don't think... Yeah. It happens very often, period, that an announcement about a coordinator's future comes out mid-season. Like, coordinators get fired. Right. But not the, like, we already know what's going to happen next year with oh, yeah. this guy. The the symbolic, again, mercy killing of a coordinator is a proud tradition in college football. Todd yeah, you Grantham, can still come to work with your dad. The right. The, the Todd Grantham Memorial Trophy for first coordinator fired is uh, this goes to Brian Ferentz, but... Um, I don't know if there's any other news afoot on the uh, the coaching carousel, but it's about that time. I, I think you're, you're you're probably about to hear some things. Um, you know, we said it was going to be a quiet year, and then this whole stallions thing came up, and you know things could really get moving. Lane is having a good year, so you know we now I, have an opening in the NFL. My beloved Raiders have let go of Josh McDaniels, but Antonio Pierce got, which is also. Oh yeah! How how unsettling is that? How old are we? Yeah. Also, we but, uh, don't have time to get into it, but that seemed like a super awkward situation too. Yeah, he Speaking like it sounds like he potentially got fired because he was defending the honor of the New England Patriots in the locker room, which is a just yeah. a wild, just a wild Something, thing. He's trying to get hired back as a OC. Oh God! Look out, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> This is what happens when you have too many capital F, capital G football guys in one room. Yeah, Josh McDaniels wears the visor about as bad as anyone I've ever seen. Also, it's not a good look. Super low, smashes the ears down. I mean, he just he looks like a little kid. He doesn't have the awareness that he's got bad hair for a visor. Like (laughs) I know, probably true. I don't have the hairline for a visor, (laughs) and I'm okay with that. Josh does not know. Or he knows and he doesn't. He, does, he looks like when like when visors first became popular when we were in like sixth grade and everybody had a yeah. visor. Well, I mean he wears the like baseball cap right? visor yeah. too, which I personally think is just not a great look not like true. on anybody. Thing, right? Not my yeah. thing. You know. I'm not saying I'm not endorsing Josh McDaniels in the Spurrier visor because I think that would have been even more no. laughable. But, but I would have respected it. I would have respected it a lot more. I'd love to see an NFL coach in the Spurrier visor. I don't think anyone's worn one since like Buddy Ryan. Yeah. yeah. You think Josh McDaniels is good at golf? You think we could just put the paws on him at Shindley? <laughs> oh, at Shindley, we could. He's never seen yeah. that course before. That's right. He either mashes or is just a total liability. He seems he seems to be right. running a bit high. I think he probably cheats at golf. Oh, 100% like he cheats at golf. <laughs> wild accusations abound. All right. Let's let's get to some football games before we take three hours to do this. Um some sort of libel crime. Week 10, it happened. Some good ones, some not so good ones. Notre Dame goes down to Clemson <laughs> of all teams. Davo, Davo, fresh off giving Tyler the business on the radio show. Um, had the team ready to go. They, they, they put the hands, they put the hands on Notre Dame. Yeah. Handsome Sam is now own five career versus Clemson. That's tough. Yeah. Roofs of, 
not great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, full full disclosure was kind of uh, on kid duty slash monitoring certain games that were a little more dear to my heart, uh, like uh, during during some wedding activities on Saturday. So didn't watch a ton of games until the end of the night. So um, we can just get through this. But if, did you guys watch any of it? Didn't watch any of it. Appreciated Dabo's new promo that he cut after the game, yep. in which he Invoked. screamed to anybody who would listen <laughs> that if Clemson was a stock, you better buy as much as you can. Right. Love that. Unbridled. He is also not a financial advisor. So correct. Oh, uh, he did you know, sell he did sell houses for a while. Right. It, wanted to be a financial that. advisor? Did it. Gave stock tips on TV. You know? Yeah. Wanted to get married? Sold Got houses married. for a while. <laughs> Sold houses for a while. Did it. Absolutely. Um, all right. Florida State was at Pitt. I just had this on there because of potential Pitt super weapon. Uh, it, it appears the Pitt super weapon is, is still sputtering. They did cover, though, didn't they? A bit. Um, did they? Good for them. 41 great and a half. Great team, great team to cover. We love that yeah. for, for Pitt. Uh, Jason, you were in the stands in Atlanta. The Dukes. Was. They were taking on, what are they, the Georgia State Panthers? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. I figured it was some sort um, of a, a catamount. Yeah, that's all good. Um, yeah, it was uh, quite a shame. First of all, perfect, perfect day in Atlanta. Um, like t-shirt and long pants day, which is such a fine target to hit. Uh, I had to respect it. Um, yeah, went down with uh, with some buddies, had ourselves a a wonderful weekend. Some some various Harrisonburg legends. Um, the other dudes kind of put the pause on Georgia State a little bit. Uh, I was very impressed. Uh, they seemed like the kind of offense that could give us problems after what Old Dominion did two weeks ago. Uh, they basically run the same offense as Old Dominion with the mobile quarterback, which had me concerned. But uh, Jamie pretty much shut them down. They got they snapped off a couple like uh, forty-five yard runs on some beautiful. Uh, like just straight up speed options, um, which is like the tip my cap to. Uh, but that was about it. And the JMU offense uh, rolled a little bit. I, I don't remember the final score of this one. Um, anybody had it close at hand? 42 14. Um, yeah. Just just kind of went about its business. Uh, That's good. Actually, the, the most significant part was the bummer, which is that um, Jalen Green, our all-world defensive end is lost for the season, which sucks. He's ah. on track to break several school and conference and possible national records. He had like 15 and a half sacks already and Jeez. lost him at the end of the game, which sucks. But He's going to take down like a Julius, that's like a Julius Peppers record, gotta be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it is, actually. But it was like yeah, an all-division record was like 23 or something like that. He was on pace to flirt with it. So, I'm about that. But the Dukes are nine and zero. Next man up. Absolutely. Um, the Dukes also are, are back at it again, uh, appealing to various powers that be to try to uh, maybe get some postseason eligibility here. So we'll we'll keep our we'll keep our ears to the ground if we hear anything. We have a man on the inside. You'll you'll hear it here first. I guarantee it. <laughs> Thank you. All uh, right. Before we move on from this, Jason, I have a lifestyle question I'd like Ooh. to revisit. Uh, I agree with your point about there being a narrow sweet spot for the t-shirt and long pants weather. Mm-hmm. However, I would like to know, do you think that differs from long sleeves and shorts weather? And if so, we, 
We literally had this exact conversation. Uh, oh, wow, man. <laughs> what are the chances? Yeah, I think it, I think it's pretty much the same weather. It's just where you where you prefer your comfort um, and where you uh, plan for. I did. I actually didn't plan for it to be that warm. If I'm being honest, I think I oh. must have misread a weather report or something, because generally it would have been right in the Henley hoodie and Tacky Shorts warehouse yeah. that I that I tend to live in. Um, right. So that feels like a missed opportunity. But I was happy to, you know, st- just stand in a T-shirt outside. Can't, can't get mad at that. Yeah. Sure. I think Fair I prefer, enough. Jordan, I think I prefer the hoodie and shorts, but I have hairy legs and a thick bottom. So, you know, I think it works. Well, I, yeah. And I think for you and I, Logan, like we squat every once in a while. We Correct. like to show that part off. Yes. You know, I get the Razorbacks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We're not all it's the real thin Jason Crick. We don't wear we don't wear jeans as well as the real thin Jason Craig is what we're trying to say. That's what you're trying to say. That's same, what that is. Same jeans wear Jason Craig. I also like to wear different shoes. You know, sometimes it's nice to not have any pants thrown off your, the shoe game. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> Great talk. The Georgia Tech. Talk, Georgia Tech was at UVA. Um, I, I have some. There's some Georgia Tech. You know, contacts that are loosely affiliated with the podcast here. Um, congrats to the to the Ramblin' Wreck. They did it. Um, they broke their streak. Uh, they were supposed to lose this one. They were ske- It was a schedule loss situation. Yeah, they're um, now off schedule. Yeah, they're off schedule. And they play Clemson, so good luck um, next week to Georgia Tech. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lifeless performance by the Who's. What happened? They got uh, well. By... Tony Musket got hurt. Oh. Um, awesome. Anthony Calandria took his spot and did Anthony Calandria stuff. Okay. You know, I didn't watch a whole lot of this. He's uh, out of Anthony Calandria's out of practice. We're probably we weren't getting peak Anthony Calandria. No, he was, you know, you can't surprise people with Anthony Calandria twice, right? He already had his like <laughs> sure. welcome to college football spring on the scene. He can't have that again. Right. Um, yeah, I I mean it was a big margin, probably fair. Um Mainly upset that this Commonwealth and its regulations prevented me from uh, placing a money line bet on Georgia Tech plus money. That felt like the most automatic smash of the year to this point. Yeah. Um, and I was prevented from profiting. So, hmm. but it's fine. I'm not mad. <laughs> Don't put it in the paper. I got mad. Is Musket's injury like a multiple week injury? Uh, haven't heard. They said it was an ankle this time and that he was in a boot on the sideline for the rest mm. of the game. So not great. All right. Well, speaking of not great, Arkansas was at Florida. Florida was wearing the black unis. They were not great. Didn't love them. I don't, my, my personal take on the black unis for Florida is that Florida's orange is doesn't play well with the black it's way too hollow it's too halloweenish in my mind it just looks like an orange and black thing um and i didn't didn't think they looked bad from like the all 22 angle sure but when you got in closer yeah it wasn't awesome i think the other thing too is just like florida has like grading on the curve of college football uniforms like they they do stand out like they're they have yeah, a fairly unique color. They, yeah, the... they have a, a classic look and a, a unique, bright, vibrant color scheme. And um, when they try to apply like black and silver to the kind of like classic Gator script and stuff, it just kind of looked a little silly. But anyhow, far be it for me to disrespect the troops. They, uh, the jerseys, I think, were going to some sort of a 
respect the troops foundation thing. So, um, good, good for, <laughs> good for them. Um, yeah, Florida spotted Arkansas, like 14 points in the first three minutes of this game. Um, there was a, a strip fumble situation, uh, on the sideline in which the Arkansas DB just ripped the ball out of Ricky Pearsall's hands and ran it back for a touchdown. It was 14, nothing. Gators fought back, made it 14 all at half. It seemed like things were going well. And then just kind of do, they just did a tremendous amount of like Wally gagging on offense mm. in the second half, um, kick some field goals. It just, anytime they had a chance to like go up two scores or go up more than four points or, you know, any, anything like that, it was, uh, you know, they, they seem ill-equipped to play close games. And they missed a field goal to win the game at the end of regulation, which was a 47-yard field goal. Not that long. Kicker's been really good this year, but he probably was due for a miss. Missed one. Um, and then, you know, kick a field goal in overtime and give up a touchdown immediately, and that, that's the ball game. So, yeah, it's just not great. I don't – I can't really put my finger on, like, what the acute issue is. Um, but, like, overall, it's kind of how sometimes I feel about, like – the lesser versions of UVA basketball, Jordan. Um, if you play a bunch of close games and you kind of intentionally do that, you're going to be on the wrong side of the close game sometimes. Um, and Florida seems to, I don't, I don't think Florida's intentionally doing that. I just don't think Florida's good enough to not play close games with most teams at this point. So um, yeah, they, they lack sort of the, they're like, did I say this in the pod last week? They're the anti FSU. They FSU jumps on you. Florida, does not <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I think Florida walks this tight rope down the field in which, you know, they have to convert third and six, five times on the drive, you know, just to get down into scoring range. And then, you know, maybe they score a touchdown or, or maybe not, but you know, one of those goes wrong or a pass gets batted down or you give up one turnover and you know, it's a, it's almost an insurmountable hole to dig yourself out of. So yeah. they, they got some growing up to do. Still. I think from the Florida I've watched this year, being an outsider, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But sure. I think, and this kind of goes to your point, Logan, they seem to lack, especially on offense, like a dude who mm-hmm. has to be the focal point of at least most of the defense and like can change a game and that you can force feed reliably and kind of game plan around. They have talent yeah. on the offensive side of the ball, but it's all kind of like good to very good. And so, well, and a lot of it's like really young playing, too, but yes. yeah. And it seems like they are playing a style which gives that level and mix of talent, in theory, the best chance to win, but it also kind of keeps the other team in the game more often than you would like. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I just think that globally, the Florida offensive line is not not good enough to do what they want to do on offense. I don't really think that like Billy's scheme is terrible. I just think that Billy's scheme is Billy's scheme and he lacks the personal football guy agility to diversify what he wants to do um, to maybe plan around the offensive line not being as good or anything. So that's why I think Mertz is basically completing 82% of his passes for four yards and attempt is because he's under siege and there are guys open, but they're always open in the flats, you know, and they, you get three and four yards and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's just been, you know, the right tackle has been terrible. He's transferred from Alabama. Um, maybe you could see why he didn't see the field much for, for the tide. And um, yeah, they need to get better on the offensive line, like quickly. And I, that's usually not a position group where you get like 
a lot better in like one year. So yeah. uh, we'll be curious to see, um, see what it looks like. Um, maybe it would be interesting to have more of a dual threat quarterback back there. Um, certainly could, I think, liven it up a little bit, but I, you know, people get on Napier for not taking enough deep shots. And I don't think Florida's quarterback, I don't think they have enough time to let this yeah. sort of slow developing downfield plays happen uh, because I think that the offensive line is just getting over overrun. So I, I think that's the crux of everything. And listen, if you have a dominant offensive line, any scheme works, right? So that's kind of the other thing um, that I think gets lost in this is, you know, you talk about talent recruiting and all that, like that, that, that counts for the offensive line and the defensive line too. So, but not going to be easy to make a bowl game for the Gators down the stretch here. LSU, Missouri, Florida state to finish off the year. Could, could be sweaty. Could, will be, will be. All right, Jordan, take us to Pickville. How do the boys do? What's the situation? Oh, what is the situation? It's been a while since I updated these records. Here's this. Okay. The situation is Logan, you and I both went three and two. Jason went two and three. So a lot of crooked numbers uh, on on the sheet. Just kind of a meh week across the board. Pace setting week. Just consensus went one and one, you know, very mid from from us. We will do better one of these weeks. Uh, Kansas State was at Texas at 12 p.m. noon. Sark had the shades on. They weren't as flamboyant as some of his other pairs, if I remember correctly. A little disappointing. Maybe that's why Texas didn't cover. Who could say? Um, Texas, I didn't. I didn't watch this game either. I think I was playing golf early Saturday afternoon. Suck it. I'm a golf guy. Not to, not to brag. Not to brag, but I was playing golf. Um, from what I recall, reading, hearing, ingesting, uh, Texas had like a twenty point lead in the third quarter 27 to 7 with four minutes left in the third quarter yeah and actually so, it was 27 to 7 right before the last play of the third quarter yeah Kansas not a great State job played. of closing the game not so much uh, they did win in <laughs> overtime but yeah that was not comfy either so congrats but I believe to k-state didn't kansas state have a chance to tie in overtime and they decided to go for it for the win yeah they could have kicked a field goal to tie yeah they went for it on fourth down and like qb got hit and tried to like tried the max johnson memorial throw the ball to a receiver horizontal horizontal fling of the football yeah. somewhere yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that we, was we big news Saturday. Um, we would have respected courage even more if that had been returned for two points to cover. So, yeah, golly, man, Legendary. wouldn't that have been something? Legendary. Yeah, I mean, kind of a classic game for both teams here, right? Kansas State just pesky stays around, good for them, tough. Um, and Texas just kind of like has lapses, what are you doing, has man? strange lapses, you know, their, their quarterback isn't playing. Um, seems like a bit of a tale of two halves situation here. So, what else? Is there a timeline on uh, QB1 down in Austin? Uh, I think it was at least a couple of weeks. Like, yeah. and so we've we've been through two of these weeks. So, two I mean, he, it's several. like an AC joint situation, right? So that's always hard to say. Couldn't be comfortable. All right, uh, three thirty. We start in the SEC. Missouri was at Georgia, and Missouri covered. They did it. 
Yeah, just classic, classic yeah. freaking, freaking Georgia. Georgia, I mean, yeah, it was the like. I think they've done this in some of the Kentucky the, games in years yeah. past. Never like, in doubt, but we'll also win, like win by nine. Yeah, yeah. We got to let the other it, team cover every once in a while. Oh, never mind. Missouri. I thought Missouri was winning at one point, but I guess that was right after halftime. Missouri cut it to three with 13 minutes left. Wow. So, and then Georgia. And then Georgia had, did the thing a good team does and went up by two scores probably promptly after that. And, you know. Well, the next drive, they eight plays, 53 yards, 344, kicked the field goal. Oh, they kicked a field goal. They, okay. Then they kicked it back. I believe it was a quick possession. And then seven plays, 40 yards, 349, kick the field goal. And that was that. Ah, gotcha. All right. Well, fair enough. Their defense is good enough that you can rely on them. So that, that, must, yeah. be, that must be nice. Well, people, people are imagining that that must be nice. <laughs> Mizzou, also, though, Mizzou's game. So good for, you know, good for Mizzou. But yeah, yeah they're, they're sparky. Fine. They're fun to watch. I thought they acquitted themselves well. All things considered. They have a thick kicker. Still, still number 14 in the country. Yeah. Go Tigers. Uh, Oklahoma was at Oklahoma State for ah. the final installment of Bedlam for the foreseeable future. And the Pokes, man, they're hot right now. Boy, are yeah. they hot. Can, can also, I, before we get into the game, Jason, maybe you have some insight into this. Maybe. I don't know why. You've worked in college athletics, so maybe you just have, have, have heard people are saying, why do we act so final about this being like the last time that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are going to play? Like, is it like a petty thing that they wouldn't play again? Like Florida plays Florida State every year and they haven't ever been in the same conference. Yeah, I um... like why wouldn't Texas and Texas A&M schedule each other if everybody wants that game? Right. So. So many reasons, um, and how much each one impacts is probably only known to the people in the room. Um, but the biggest logistical issue is that probably uh, five schools have their non-conference schedules built out for seven, eight years in advance. Um, and so they already had, they probably both, I don't know this for a fact at all, but they, I would think they probably both have until like 2028 already on the schedule. Um, and they did when news of this no longer being a conference game was announced or slash broke and up into the entire world. Um, so I think there's that. There's, you know, if you want to change contracts around, that involves money changing hands and, you know, college athletics administrators don't like that. Um, there's the fact that, you know, that that's what it involves. It would involve multiple athletics administrators all kind of putting together and figuring out the logistics and stuff like that and a lot of times that's work that's that I mean, particular yeah, brand i get that but like these guys have more money than god like they can't they can't cancel a game against like you know saint saint john's school for the IUPUI. yeah i mean you say these guys have more money than god and yet all those schools on the west coast joined the big 10 for more money to get and so they're, well, they're yeah, but I'm not, I'm not losing any sleep over those games. I, I mean, I suppose, other than like, I mean, the Civil War. Would no, be I'm, not, I'm not saying about the games. I'm saying that all those schools already had more money than God, and they signed up for that to get more money. There is no, there is no top end of like everybody's going. Well, it's just well yeah, but what money. I'm saying is, it shouldn't playing your in-state rival. Yeah. In theory, shouldn't have anything to do with if you're in the same conference as them or not. It should be straight up common sense. Agreed. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I was just curious if there was like a not- reason. I mean, it sounds like there's like there's- a lot of reasons, and I'm sure there's egos, and I'm sure there's yeah. conference and petty and Correct. money and 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 scheduling and everything all conspired against. Reason- but like, you know, I'm pretty sure Florida scheduled the, the Utah and Texas games like two off seasons ago, and then one of those had to get canceled for this year. They were supposed to play Texas this year, and they didn't. And that's, that's the thing. That's why, like, this can happen. What, what was it? Was it last year or two years ago that Coastal and BYU just for the moment decided to play the next yeah, week? Exactly and, like, right. Who can do it? But these people in charge of these things convince, like, once the contract is done, that is guaranteed money that they don't have to do any further work to get. And so, yeah. That is that is priority one, and there's probably also some pettiness, like you know Texas and Texas A&M never played mostly because Texas didn't want to acknowledge that Texas A&M existed, and so like stuff that happens, and I'm sure there are some egos at play in this one, um, and so it's it's, it's just funny that like you would schedule a game, like I mean like you would schedule if you're Texas, I mean I'm pretty sure they haven't they played they play Ohio State like last uh, last year or a couple of years ago like you know yeah, you would schedule these like big games. beefy yeah. you know they're clearly not scared of playing texas a&m like just from uh who they are like i just no. it makes all the sense in the world to schedule the game everybody would love it just do home and home and just rotate it for forever right. i don't know yeah, I, I guess uh, maybe hopefully really we're heading in that direction where like these things could be more possible um right. i guess we'll i bet i need in fact put all the money in my pocket down the fact that uh most people working in oklahoma and most of the biggest donors to Oklahoma would not want to admit that Oklahoma State is worthy of a home and home series. Well, I mean, yeah. and they the math would probably be on their side for that because I think they're like eighty one and nineteen right. in the in the it's history of that, like, which and is so, wild. But but there's no chance Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State won the last one. Ever, Oklahoma State will never admit that they're they should be a two for one deal with Oklahoma. Like that is also admitting defeat there, and so. This is what I mean by like when it's when it's egos, it's not necessarily just pettiness. It's just like you have, you have yeah. to find like fair enough. But if you're Oklahoma, agreeable. like you have a hard enough time probably getting like any random D one team to come play you. Like I mean, if Oklahoma State's willing to do it, like that's a team that's typically uh, ranked. I mean, I mean Oklahoma, I Oklahoma will play either three or four non conference games for the rest of time, and they will never have a strength of schedule problem because they'll be playing in the SEC. So. It's that simple. Yes. Yeah. Agree. I, I guess. But like, it's why, are the, why are these like, teams like Oklahoma scheduling like matchups with Georgia and like the college football kickoff, you know, weekend and stuff like that? If they're if they're actually worried about the strength schedule. What? Well, I'm saying like I I don't necessarily buy the strength of schedule argument because these teams are well, scheduling like big time matchup games with other schools, um, in like week one, week two type situation. Admittedly, that is changing for next year um starting okay. next year with the, with the 12 team playoff there is less like you yeah, don't have to worry like one one loss you can still very easily get into the playoff two losses in the sec you probably in the playoff next year because it's 12 teams so like that that does become less of an impact but yeah okay i don't know the real reason why these two wouldn't play it's probably one of a half dozen but not the least of which is that i would bet oklahoma doesn't see oklahoma state as worthy of a one and one and I would bet Oklahoma State doesn't see themselves as being behind Oklahoma and worthy of a two for one. And same thing is, I can tell you there are multiple, uh, and I don't think I'm breaking news here, there are multiple teams that Jane Newman's basketball can't schedule a series with because they are in disagreement about what the series should be. That's fair. And sometimes I mean, it's that simple. And so it's weird. It's a very right. weird world. So, spoiler alert Oklahoma State won the game. 
Yeah. They did. They're still rolling. The Gundies, they do. They're that that running back is toting is toting the mail. He runs it hard, <laughs> and they've got some big receivers too. That's a they proud just, tradition there yeah. at Oklahoma State. Yeah, they will they slate you to death. Also, I'll point out this is the same Oklahoma State team that lost to South Alabama at home. Yeah, got whooped by South Alabama, which seems yeah. like a, a a long time ago at this point. So, yes, it does. All right. Yeah. So that was Bedlam. Uh, RNP, R in peace, RIP in peace for now. Um, Washington was at USC. This was a banger of a game. Yes. Oh my goodness, was this awesome to watch? Was a lot it of 35 Hopefully, you all listened to it was 33 28 and a half. Hopefully, you all yeah. listened to us make the boldest prediction ever and hammer the over. Yeah, I think we got it by halftime. Finger on the pulse situation. I saw the live mm-hmm. over under, like heading out of halftime was like 103.5 or something like that. Like, just sure. why not? You know, could have kept going. You don't see a number that high in some Virginia basketball games. This is true. <laughs> Getting back to earlier grievance, airing of grievances. Um, so, anyway, uh, Washington, maybe not the best stats for our sweet boy, Michael Penix Jr., yeah. but they ran all over USC. Like yeah, they could get them. seven and eight yard carries on first down if they sent the running back running backwards through the hole. Like I think yards before contact was a very large number. Uh, whoever the starting back was, I think went over two forty for the night. Oof. Um, like twenty six carries for like two fifty eight or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was and bad. So it really came down to like, you know, Washington got up two touchdowns and then they had like one possession where they failed to score and USC was right back to tied with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, we saw a despondent Caleb Williams hugging family and sobbing after the game. Uh, he's got to be going through some stuff this year, which is tough, right? You, you win the Heisman last year and yeah. you come back expecting to like, all right, really roll some teams. And uh, turns out the Pac-12 is pretty dang good this year, and the defensive unit on your team is decidedly not. And that is a liability when you play other high-powered, potent offenses. So good for the Huskies, man. Going on the road, Kalen DeBoer coaching the boys up. Indeed. Yeah, Caleb, the Caleb Williams thing is interesting because there's like times where I find like some of the coverage of him to paint him as sort of an unfavorable, like kind of arrogant light. Um, and, you know, that might also just be the stuff he's saying and, you know, the fingernails and, and the whole sort of thing, right? Like it's easy to kind of like jump on the guy when he doesn't have a good game. He's really only had one bad game this year. It was against Notre Dame. Um, otherwise, he's pretty much been the reason they've been in most of these games or, yep. or, or have won any of them, and the Colorado game included. So, um, yeah, just kind of like an interesting case study in college football uh, uh, guy lore at this point. Um, you know, I don't know that it's like he's – I think he's probably the first pick in the draft. It seems like everybody's kind of relaxed a little bit on the, like, he's the best talent we've ever seen in the history of the world thing. Um, yeah. But he still makes them just like absolutely wow throws. It just does kind of seem like 
even when they're on offense, it's a lot of kind of him improvising and making wild throws. And I, I think I, I, I think part of that is they still don't have a great offense. Correct. No, no, for sure. But I, I, I think you watch some of those Oklahoma teams that Riley coached, like the quarterback was just getting the ball on time out of there and dudes were open. And like, I don't see as much of that this year, which probably lends to him being either really good or being like, a plus plus Shiloh Sanders or uh, Shadur Sanders, right? Like, and I don't, I don't think he is that. I think he is really good, but it does seem like he. There's like every play, it's like he has to step up, and then he has to slide out, and then he has to roll out, and then he has to make like a crazy crossbody throw, and you're like, this would be exhausting, just doing that every single play. Um, and they got a lot of talent, but knowing it, in the back of your head, we have to score on this drive. Correct. Yes. Exactly. Um, do you think? Do you think that kind of, and I agree with everything you said, do you think that kind of improvisation and like general master of chaos will help him in the NFL or hurt him? I think it's going to help him, especially early on. Like you get drafted early, you're it's not going to a good team. The O-line. Yeah. I mean, I, do wonder, though, I think it like, should help him. I, I think it depends on who you get drafted by, like 100%, though. Yeah, I do wonder the long-term, like, is he going to be fully committed to like, okay, I trust my offensive line now, or is there still the like muscle memory <laughs> trauma? Of, the trauma, gonna, bonded, yeah, yeah, so, yeah right. some trauma, yeah. some PTSD, some just yeah. like it worked so well when I was running around doing things. Like, why not keep running around and doing things? Mm-hmm. You know, so. I mean, he we'll does see. seem to have I, like, yeah, that Aaron Rodgers like ability, or even like Patrick Mahomes like ability to transcend the scheme skill set, yeah, right. Which I think is probably what you want. You would, you certainly would rather have that than not have that. But I do think that like there are times where Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers take a three step drop and put their foot in the ground and hit the guy that they're supposed to hit, and yeah. you don't necessarily see a ton of that from Williams right now. But he's also in the shotgun every play, and you know they're kind of stretching it out and trying to hit home runs a lot and. It's the nature yeah. of it. Yeah, I hope, and I don't know that we'll get this, but I hope we would get kind of a case study of Lincoln's back next year at USC, and we get to see what USC looks like without him so that sure. we can maybe appreciate more like just how much he did for that team because um, I think they're potentially set up to really struggle next year depending on – who they set behind center, but one who's yeah, how that defense looks, who's in charge on that side of the ball, too. Yeah, final game of the night was LSU Alabama, another banger of a game. Um, Jalen Daniels unfortunately did not finish the contest, he got, he got rocked, rocked, just walloped, spent. A significant amount of time in the uh, tent getting protocoled and uh, getting like his Mr. jaw checked out too, which is yeah. that has to be miserable. Yeah, Mr. Milro had had a big night, man. He was awesome. Um, they called plays for him really well. He ran aggressively, was not afraid to pull it and and go get some yards. Ran for a couple tuds. Um, yeah, Alabama, I mean, man, had, Alabama, they're they're they are lingering. They're, they're loading. Mm-hmm. They're they're loading, and it's it's uh interesting. I mean, they might they're gonna be the only for for my money. They're the only team that has a shot at Georgia. I mean, I guess Michigan and Ohio State probably do just because. Um, but 
yeah. Here's the I mean, question. Let's say Alabama blasts Kentucky, Chattanooga, and Auburn to end the year. And then they play the SEC championship and they lose to Georgia by like on like a last second field goal. Yeah. Do we think Alabama gets in the playoff? No. I don't think they no. get in, but I think that they would have acquitted I themselves think... as probably one of the best four teams and they should get in, but that's like an unpopular. I mean, if the point of the playoff is to get the best four teams in, yeah, then they should be in. But they're I think the resume has to matter and two losses is not gonna happen. Yeah, well, and I think it's I think two, the fact you. that it's two it would be two losses in this year's climate, right? We've got too many good teams that are still undefeated right now. Well, and like, like yeah, it is we Texas could get to that selection lost. Sunday with five power five undefeated schools. I agree with it. I wanted to get the uh, and that would be some horrifying discourse and college football Twitter would be a war zone, but I was waiting to get us something now just to yeah, activate yeah. ourselves. Now on the ranking show this evening, team. on the ranking show this evening, they floated the scenario where Old Miss runs the table. They end the season at one loss. They don't play in the national oh, title game, man. but they'll the have the SEC, or in the SEC yeah. title yeah. game. They'll only have one loss. They'll have a win against Georgia, and apparently, no one-loss team who has beaten a top four opponent has been left out of the playoff yet. I mean, I don't think that happens. I don't think you have a case to leave all this out. Like I, I mean, they'll have beaten LSU, which they did. They'll have beaten Georgia, which is the best win anyone is ever going to have this season. Hmm. I I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, luckily we get to talk about that. I got zero, zero faith. That is not happening. There is no way that. All right. We'll save it for the second installment. Come on. Um, but yeah, Alabama, good for them. They seem to be rounding into form. You know, you say yeah. good for them. I say that with a, a little bit of salt in, in my in my mouth. But, I'm very glad know. that Alabama fans finally had some success. Yeah, they're finally catching some breaks. Yeah, they get to celebrate a little bit. Sabin, though, does appear to be enjoying this, which is yes disturbing for the rest of college football, probably, to see like that he is, I think, like in really getting his coaching rocks off uh, to, uh, to to just coach up this group of young men, which is great. Yeah. And like, personally, I am trying to soak up as much of this sure. of like experiencing Nick Saban experience this season as I can. <laughs> Jovial. Because he's like one of the last like figureheads mm-hmm. of this sport that yeah. and probably that we're ever going to have. So, well, Jimbo's is... got to be around contractually by for another eight years or so, but you know, <laughs> this, this is true. <laughs> He, he, I don't think he has ever enjoyed anything about college football, if he's honest with himself. Just that paycheck, Paul. All right. Well, good work. Let's call it quick, T.O. Everybody go fill up your coffee, and we'll be back after the break. Super. All right. Week 11. Let's do it. Logan, what, uh, what non-picker games do we have? We are back. I, I took a stroll through the tasting menu, and... Um, Happy to report UVA playing on a weeknight again, uh, which is good times. We are at the Who's. We, the Who's, are at Louisville. The, the slice. slice. <laughs> For sure. On Thursday. Um, you know, Louisville has underperformed on a Thursday before. We all saw it happen. Yes, we There did. is a path to the Who's covering here, and I don't believe that you would want to dabble, to dance with that devil, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big number. <laughs> I think it was like 
twenty and a half. Okay. Which All seems right. kind of large to me. This is know. also likely going to be a Calandria game, though. Ooh. And that's probably more of a reason not to sprinkle than anything. Anthony Just Calandria. the volatility spectrum is right. so wide and vast and deep. Yes. Anthony Calandria is college football as Jihad Mohammed was to college basketball back in, like, 2002. I think we're all thinking that. I think that's pretty yeah, obvious. Right, right. It's one, of those, one of those floor generals that keeps both teams in the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what to think. If Jordan, what's your like? They're just like UVA loses the rest of their games this year, kind of farts around and loses by seven or ten or nine points to Virginia Tech. Like that would it, be two it, and ten. It that would be two and ten with one win against tenth ranked North Carolina, um, yeah. and a win against um, William and Mary. Do does does Tony Elliott go into next season with? Like a does like, he go into next season? Does he go into next season? First of all, I mean, I kind of assume he does, just because I don't know that Virginia is like in the business of making like extremely rash football decisions. I would endorse it, but um, well, is we it like is it, it like ultra past. lame duck situation next year? I mean, like because I, I could see it being an all time juiceless year next year for the Who's if if that's the case, right? Yeah. So, two thoughts. I think we are not accustomed to seeing. Virginia make rash football decisions because we have lived through mostly the Craig Littlepage era at sure. Virginia. Uh, the current athletic director, Carla Williams, comes from the land of the Bulldogs in Athens. Um, she is much more familiar with what big time CFB looks like and how it operates. Um, now, whether that plays out as impatient as firing a coach after two years. I don't know. Um, I don't know if Virginia is able to scramble the buyout money that quickly. I don't know how ready donors are to get rid of him or to dump money into football at all. Right. Um, there is a large fundraising effort that, you know, finally got wrapped up for the new facilities going up. So I think... I think it's largely dependent on what does Carla want to do and what can she get financing for? Sure. Um, I think like if you, you finish the year two and 10, I think you got to look at, okay, how many kids are looking to get out right. and what kind like, what are the vibes on the trail? Right. As silly as that sounds like, are, are we showing signs of life recruiting or is it just kind of slogging through the mud and, and picking up a lot of high twos, low three stars? Um, so I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know don't either. Have to have yeah. the like off season of hand wringing of like, Oh gosh, should we bring back two and 10 Tony? Um, you know, well, yeah, and, and unfortunately the way that the like schedule works, like you kind of have to make that decision, like probably pretty soon. Um, to get in line to, you know, Louisville, Duke, and Virginia Tech. That's what's left. Wow. Season's going fast. Yeah. I'm just curious. Did you happen to catch during any of Dabo's rantings the sort of like quasi stray that uh, Tony Elliott caught during that? Uh, no, I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me. He, well, he, he did like a Tony Elliott, like 
it was when he was like listing his accomplishments and one of his accomplishments was like i hired Making tony elliott I, I hired tony elliott he had never called he had never called a play in his life and then he, he won national championship twice <laughs> and it was like okay well not exactly rigging endorsement there for football guy tony elliott but yeah, it was just kind of it was more funny than anything yeah i'm with you i'm just curious i i don't want to sound like like i i desperately want the man to be fired i just i don't think he's like a long-term good fit uh it's kind of i think where i land so like therefore i think it's the old if you're gonna do something eventually you might as well do it immediately kind of thing don't see and it working out just cut yeah cut and and i don't think that like it would be awesome for virginia to get into this sort of like every two years like re- rethinking the football program approach but you know I think there there is a serious case to be made that uh, it's not going to work out. Yeah, and so when Bronco resigned, there were thoughts. I don't know that this was ever confirmed, but that it was driven because he was pressured to make changes to his assistant staff right. makeup. And so if that is to be true, then we can surmise that Carla is willing to make moves and to put feet down where – she feels changes need to be made. Um, now, hiring new assistants and buying out your head coach and hiring a new one are two different spins of the wheel. Yes, so for sure. All right, well, UVA, Louisville, Thursday. Uh, Get excited. Yeah, lock it in. The vibes are up. <laughs> Georgia Tech is at Clemson. We'll give Georgia Tech a little bit of shine here. They've been playing pretty well. They've, they've, yeah. They seem like they've turned like a pretty interesting corner. Um given that they have a bunch of restrictions and, and issues and stuff, and they, they seem to be pretty solid and are responding well to the, the shacketed coach. So uh, good for them. All um, it took was a loss to Scott Leffler and Bowling Green exactly. to really fire the boys up. Yes, Clemson. Um, I don't know that we can fully trust Clemson yet. This one could could be close. The line's 14 and a half. So books still not respecting the rambling wreck. Clemson looked like they, I don't want to say they benefited, but um, the running back that played because uh, Mr. Shipley was hurt showed some Phil Moffa showed some significant burst uh, that I don't know you would get from, from Shipley. And it's not just because he's a white from guy. The, and it's not because he's a PXG <laughs> troop either. It might be that I, I would put it more on that than, than yeah, you know, I think Shipley's had a lot of carries in his college career, and I think he's wearing it a little hard at this point. Um, but Clemson looked like they kind of got some big plays there. Jason, you going to be locked into this one? Georgia Tech-Clemson? No, no, no. Emphatically. Noon kickoff. I knew you're a, you big, could, yeah, a big Atlanta guy now. You could so. watch at least the first half before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at the, the thieving Lusenberg tailgating scene for a matter of hours by that point. And Harris, yeah, so they ought to have have the game on, right? Yeah, that's you might be right. Maybe right. Maybe there's a big screen in my future. Who's to say? We get a real battle of the canines brewing in yeah. in Harrisonburg. Yeah. The sad Huskies come to town, UConn and the boys to play the Dukes. Every game that the Dukes play now is going to be a referendum on um, their sort of grousing about uh, the, their uh, off season situation. So, like, I'm I'm exceedingly curious to see how it goes. I think the Dukes. I, I'm rooting for the Dukes. Side note: I just like, you know, no, it's the narrative. The narrative have, is blossoming, right? We uh, have we have uh, ramped up the pressure on our schools immensely. Um, 
as a wavelength. Immensely. And good. I, don't know why I, pronounce immensely. It, yeah, right. immensely. Um, but yeah, it's no, you're you're one hundred percent correct in that like the the outburst, like it will be a national story when we lose, which is a very weird thing to place sure. upon ourselves. Um in our you know, second year of FBS football. But um you yeah, come to town and you you can't really bad they're a very bad football team i feel like um, they had like they showed some signs of life last year and it just like did not did not have either over. of you seen the line for this yeah no, i have not logan i want a guess from you jmu is at home yukon sucks jalen green is out for the season i don't think a defensive end sways the line that much typically um I would say JMU minus 21 and a half. You're pretty good at this. It's 24 and a half. Oh, thank you. That's actually, I think it opened at 27 and a half. So I think money's coming in on the Huskies. Wow, pouring in on the Huskies. Interesting. Yeah. Jim Mora's Huskies. Jim Mora and the boys. That's right. So <laughs> We're attracting that sharp. Um, I'm really, I'm really hoping that this is so much of a trick game that it swings all the way to the other side that Fritz uh, Ignetti can, I don't know, Post me some fake Urban Meyer quotes and some lockers and stuff like that, and just you guys will never convinced. believe what Heather Dinich said right. about you. That's right. Convince, convince the groups that the world thinks they're about to get upset. Let's just do that for the rest of the year. So, because yeah. I mean, like this is objectively a very bad football team. I believe. Uh, what stats? Is his name Stats of War? Stats of what's his Twitter handle? Stats Stats O War Parker, Parker Fleming. Fleming. Stats of War. Yeah. Um, I think he has the gap at like 30 points. Um, so this this should be bad. Um, I am hoping that it is. Excellent. Let's take care of those let's, gates. Let's get the <laughs> let's get the ones out uh, like late in the third and call it a Saturday. Would love that for the Dukes and for yeah. for you, Jason. Thank get you. back to the tailgate scene. That's little, right. Little fourth you quarter. Could watch TG. the end of Georgia Tech Clemson if I might do that if it's if you take care of business quick enough. All right, we'll stay in the sunshine state. In the sunshine state. Just kidding. We're not staying there. Yeah, I will stay there. Times, Miami yeah. is at Florida State. This one in years past would have been on the pickers, but Tyler Van Dyke, you are Alas. the weakest link. You uh, are the problem. Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke has. Is it maybe in the midst of like a full on like brick and keel implosion here, guys? I don't know. I don't know if you've seen this. It's not good. Um, <laughs> Chuck Knobloch, the list goes on. It could be if you, if you will. It, X, I mean, come on. We got, I got baseball guys. I, I got all kinds of baseball guys. Um, still, uh, rivalry game, anything can happen, yada, yada. Uh, you can Florida throw State, the reference out. Florida State appeared to be in the mood to lose a lot of football games. Um, I don't think this Miami team should present them with too many challenges, but, you know, we'll see. I just, like, don't know what happened. Van Dyke was operating the offense very well early in the season. They kind of seem to be kind of dynamic at receiver. It seems like now he just locks it on Restrepo and uh, holds, pats the ball too many times in the pocket and – Teams are just dropping like eight guys into coverage against Miami and just making his life hell. Uh, and like they don't even need to get pressure on him. It just eventually kind of like 
all kind of goes to the ball to goes to hell. Yeah. So um, I don't know what to think. I think it might be in there somewhere, but I think TVD is about, he's ready for, he's ready for the Jeff Driscoll, uh, Louisiana tech pastures is what I'm trying to say. I think Mario's refusal to take the victory formation just killed his spirit. (laughs) And he, he needs to change the scenery. Yeah. I mean, I don't think their backup is any good, or at least like that capable at this point um, either. So it's kind of weird. Miami and Florida are both like doing the exact same kind of like weirdly floundery year that is like not exactly a year from hell, but not exactly a year that's like really inspiring future confidence in like how things could be going. Um, so we'll see. Would be interesting if you know Florida State. Had to face, you know, some fourth quarter adversity, some adversity. this season, but, uh, you know, I don't, they're so good. I don't think they're going to Miami might not be that guy. Correct. But Ruben Bain could just wreck the game. You know, if Jordan Travis would ever like not keep getting bailed out by people dropping these interceptions on these weird little lollipop like throws that he makes and, and things like that, that would, you know, that would just be interesting if that would ever happen. But, um, they, Florida state makes you pay worse than any team that I've seen this year for like not taking advantage of that stuff. And I think that's like why they're so good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Florida's at LSU again, another classic matchup here. LSU maybe without Jaden Daniels. Um, Not sure that really is great or helps Florida out that much. Nussmeyer, the Nussmeyer revenge game is upon us. So Nuss did not look good in his <laughs> limited. Now, he has he probably, not. He was dealing with some challenges, namely the Alabama defense. But. Sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this could be maybe closer. I don't, what, what is the line on this one? I feel like it's... Like, uh, what time is that game? I think it's a night game, 7.30. SEC Network, 7.30. LSU by 13 and a half. I guess that sounds probably about right. Um We'll see. I don't. I don't know what to think here. The vibes are certainly down for Florida and like LSU, also approaching like not a whole lot to play for territory as well, with kind of a miserable cuss of a coach and a quarterback that may be hurt. So this could be like this game could kind of go any direction, right? That's uh, that's my hard hitting analysis for you guys. Love that. All right, and then great basketball matchup here in the Dean Dome: Duke at North Carolina. Um, just wanted to get this one on the sketch. What is that trophy they play for? It's like some big blue bell or something. Oh, I don't know. Oh, didn't oh, like yeah. somebody paint the whole locker room like blue a couple years ago or something like that? Wasn't there like a, a situation? I thought they painted it pink. Mm, maybe. They play for the victory bell. Which... Victory bell. Oh, that's nice. They roll it out on a wagon and everything. Yeah. It's pretty cheesy. Hmm. You know when the last time Duke beat UNC was? Was it a Spurrier year? God. No, not that far. It was 2018. It was just, I, I thought Duke got him oh. in the last couple of years. A Cutcliffe so. year. Yeah. The Cutter. All right. That's all I got. Kind of an uninspiring uh, Week 11 tasting menu that has like a couple, you know, a couple hints of bygone eras there. Which usually means chaos. Bring yeah. it on. Let's go. All right. Before we go to Pickville. Uh, there were a couple of other games that caught my eye. I hate to keep beating the Mike Gundy horse, but Oklahoma State is only two and a half point favorites on the road against UCF. I 
I kind of want to just hammer Oklahoma State over and over. Weird line. That is a very weird line. UCF's four wins this year. Kent State, Boise State, Villanova at the beginning of the year. They lost five in a row, and they eked out their first Big 12 victory against Cincinnati last week. They're not not great. None of the new Big 12 teams have wins over, like, they they, they, they only have wins over other newcomers to the show. Yeah. Which is which is weird. Like for like UCF, what's your excuse? Yeah. Uh <laughs> two other games. If you want to get a little nasty and sick, uh Pitt I, is at Syracuse at 3 30 p.m. Oof, a oof, battle of the oof. big east. Mm. In the garden? Got, they playing this one in the garden? That would be great. <laughs> I hope so. A real final four of the NIT atmosphere sure to take place. Um, Auburn is also at Arkansas. That could get messy. Mm, okay. Um, Texas at TCU. This is the Jason Creck Bowl, basically. Uh, our thoughts and prayers <laughs> with, with our Southpaw during these conflicting uh, times. Household divided, and I live by myself. So. And uh, Air Force in Hawaii. At 11 Ooh, Air Force PM. fresh off a loss to Army. Two yeah. and six Army. Weird. They got pasted they, by Army. Army sat Army. on them until they yes. smothered. Yep. It's a classic loading them into the torture rack situation mm-hmm. there. Yeah, troops um, disrespecting troops. Yes. Thank, yes. Yes. Thank you for doing this, Jordan, because uh, we didn't mention this at the top, but our, the Florida contingent is back to firing live bullets. <laughs> so oh, we're, we're back, yeah. baby. In case you guys want a little rooting interest for this evening, um, we're all Michigan basketball fans and Baylor basketball fans for the rest of the evening. Um, you, you can have shoot on college basketball. Yeah, you know, oh. I wanted to wet the beak. I was so excited. Oh, I was at, oh, just at the office. I think I got like, like a I got like Christmas morning. I got like a boosted oh. odds situation. Um, oh, yeah, they, they got me. Listen, I know they got me. It was dumb, but so far so good. Indiana won. So my, the first leg of my three legger is is on. So we love we're it. out. We love we're it. back, yeah. baby. Yeah. I'm, I'm so back. I can't wait to You're load up. So a, back. I can't wait to load up a, a 47 leg parlay on Saturday morning and click submit. <laughs> Put five dollars down to win, like just while you're in thirty-two post coffee poop. Oh. You just fire the bullets. It's the That's best. Really, it is take me back to 2019. Simpler times, <laughs> pre-COVID. All right, on to Pickville we go. On Thank that God. Note. Noon, we have Michigan. They are traveling to Penn State. Michigan is favored by four and a half points. Jason, please lead us off. Uh-huh. I I have broken all trust in Penn State. That line's way too small, but Michigan's really good. I I do not trust Penn State as far as any of their terribly called pass plays can throw themselves. So uh Michigan emphatically. Yeah, I'm taking Michigan here too. I might sell some points and uh, go Michigan like minus six and a half. Yes. Um, uh, yes. Love it. Yeah, I like again, no trust in Penn State. I've had James Franklin trust for lack, lack of trust, trust issues, whatever you want to call it for years. That's been well documented on this right. podcast. Yes. Um, right. and, you know, Michigan's playing with a massive chip on their shoulder, the size of Jim Harbaugh's piece of gum dip mixture, whatever he, he oh. chooses in there. Um, <laughs> Sunflower so seeds. I'm, I'm going to go with the victors. Yeah, I, I, we're, we're going to tempt fate right out of the bat with the consensus. This seems weirdly small. Um, Michigan's like just their approach travels well. Yeah, 
they are a better version of Penn State in all. This is the old Georgia corollary. If you try to do the exact same thing as the team, but like across the board, you don't do it as well as them, then you're probably going to get beat by more than four and a half points is what, is what I always say. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally, totally with you guys on Michigan. And I think Penn State's going to probably spend a lot of time changing their signals this week and not practicing passing place, which is, you know, maybe That's something, a great that, point. something that, uh, that they should not be worried about since Connor Stallions is, is, is gone, but he probably left his um, memory card, his sand his disk, gift. his 32 gigabyte sand disk memory card, <laughs> the two terabyte hard drive <laughs> got got left on micro SD, right? Yeah. yeah, and he left him. He gave him some sunglasses on the way out, but yeah, I don't, I don't. I, this could be low scoring, but like that, just I would bet this if it was seven and a half. Oh. Now we're, now we're getting real spicy. Mm. I love this. <laughs> Welcome to the fray, Logan. Uh, 3.30 p.m., Utah is at Washington. The Huskies are favored by nine and a half points. This is tough. Um, Washington's defense didn't look great, uh, although not many teams do against USC and Caleb Williams. I do wonder how much gas... Washington has left in the tank after that USC game and just the season in general, right? They've played yeah. some close tight games. They have been in some more high leveraged situations than probably they expected over the last several weeks. Um, I just don't, I don't have enough faith in Utah's offense on the road to put it together enough to, keep this close so i will take the huskies um if this was in utah i could easily see utah winning just by the nature of context right. leading up to this game but i'll take the huskies here yeah washington has been playing some like they've been doing the oklahoma like asking for a loss thing uh for a few weeks now but i think big win last week and i i'm kind of with you jordan utah is not certainly not good enough to win this game on offense. I'm wondering if they're good enough to cover. I don't think they are. I think Washington is able to just put together enough scoring drives, and I don't think Utah is really able to scrape together much. So I'll go Washington here with some trepidation. This is shaping up to be a disaster for the consensus. So I'm gonna Let's go. Um, We're back to already. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Huskies. Uh, I think that uh, if their game against USC hadn't gone the way it did, I might entertain Utah. Um, and I'm not talking about how many points they scored, but they put a lot of running plays on tape for Utah. Mm. Um, and I think Utah has a great defense, but. A two-dimensional Washington is a frightening offense to try to stop, and um, Utah's probably going to slow them down as well as anybody, but I don't think they can slow them down enough to, like you guys said, keep up with them. Um, I'm also not sold on Utah's offense, despite 55 against Arizona State last week. Um, but uh, Oregon pretty much ran them out of the building. Um, yeah. Geography matters, so in Seattle, I will take Washington to come. All right. Also at 3.30, we will finally respect the SEC. We've got Tennessee at Missouri. The 
volunteers are favored on the road by a single point. So more or less a pick'em with the potential for a, a spicy push. Ooh, uh, I love Missouri here. I think Missouri is really good, uh, very solid. I think in many ways they're like better Florida, um, just like a little bit more solid across the board. Tennessee has been playing better of late. I will give them that, but I don't think they've been playing well enough to be favored on the road at Missouri. I'm sure it'll be cold and weird uh, there. It seems like it's always weird at Missouri. Give me those Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> I forgot that Tennessee played UConn last week, so that's the second uh, Tennessee JMU swing of any wow. of, you know, second team to make that swing. <laughs> what just say? Nothing. <laughs> Um, we prefer the term Inuit also on this, this podcast. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm. It's the worst. I'm gonna take Tennessee here. Um, I thank you. Was, yeah, I had a if for nothing else than a, a, a <laughs> right. combo breaker, but um. I think Tennessee is it's definitely not their full-on Tennessee team, um, but I generally don't love uh, any team the week after they play Georgia. Um, oh, yes. body blow theory. Yeah, and I, I think Tennessee—they're not the Tennessee of last year. They, like I said, they're they're pretty flawed, but I think they have enough to to beat this Missouri team in what is essentially a pick'em. Um, but yeah, give me the balls. Yeah, I'm also going to take Tennessee here. I think, first of all, I do love the Georgia beats them twice angle. Jason had that locked and loaded. Um, I just think Tennessee has, like, figured out, and I said this a couple weeks ago, I think after the A&M game, but they've, like, finally figured out, okay, how do we best utilize Joe Milton and – take the ball out of his hands to a degree and protect our offense. Um, they seem to be more solidified in their identity and what they want to do, what they intend to do on the offensive side of the ball. Um, one at, at Kentucky, the UConn game gave him a chance to maybe rest up, get, get healthy a little bit. Um, so I'll take the balls here. But this is going to be a fun one to watch. I'm excited. I agree. Potentially the first time in years I've been excited to watch a Missouri Tiger involved football game. Missouri plays some fun games every year. Like I'll just randomly, they play good early season games. They had one with Kansas State earlier this year that was just an absolute humdinger of a game back and forth. They do, but I Weird. think, but like you, my problem you, you with them, stumble into they, them. Yeah, you you never yes. see them coming ahead of time. Yeah, you can't predict it. You can't tune in for it. So you're exactly. always finding out about it like with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Correct. Dang, I just yeah, that's no, that's masterpiece. Very well said. Um, I, I think that's yeah. Luther Burden, check him out. He's really good. The streets have said so. Ole Miss is at Georgia. We stay respecting the SEC for the second game. Future national champion, Ole Miss, if they run the table. Possibly. Right. Uh, this is an 8 p.m. kick. Betwixt the hedges in Athens, the dogs are favored by 11 at home. Oh, is it 7? Seven? 7 7 p.m. on the mothership. 
Oh, well, my big strong fingers typed an eight. Sorry we saved we saved all the daylight, so it'll still it. be in the dark. Yeah. So it, it, technically, their bodies will think it's an eight p.m. That's right. Yeah. We are. We've, three we've been a bi- we've been a biological clock podcast since uh, inception. So. The BCP. Um, I'm gonna take Ole Miss. I think that's a big line. I think Ole Miss has the propensity to get things weird. I think that plays into their hands a little bit. Um, I think this will be a game in the fourth quarter, all of which probably means that Georgia's going to like go up 24 nothing in the first quarter and not look back. But um, I think that is a good football team, and I think they can. Um, I think they can go. Hopefully, not toe to toe for Georgia, but like you said. They did, they don't try to be Georgia. They do not try to be mini Georgia. They are very clearly something different, and so uh, I think that's the way you have to approach it. And yeah, I think mean, they can keep it close. Okay, I'm going to take Georgia here. I don't love the way they handled things in the Missouri game, <laughs> but Bauer still isn't playing. But you know, having said yeah. that, this feels similar to kind of the the Kentucky game in that like it is another opportunity for Georgia to put a stamp on things with a lot of people watching. I think it also helps that they remain not number one in the college football playoff rankings and Kirby deep down, I think lusts after style points in games like this. So I think it being a home game is big as well. They're, coming into their second home game in a row, which is nice. Um, Ole Miss just took down A&M in a tight one, and they gave up 35 points to A&M. Like, that, that's not yeah. awesome. I mean, they so, got... I'll take Georgia. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to do too much. Um what's it what's the 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 property that we always talk of transitive property stuff but like i think georgia's a more complete version of alabama and almost didn't handle alabama very well um you know i guess they maybe kept it close ish in that game but i think that it's very fun to try to talk ourselves into the lane kiffin experience yes, and i just is. feel like unfortunately Lane doesn't have the Jimmys and Joes to be able to like take it to a team uh, like an Alabama or a Georgia that like kind of has them overmatched. Like I don't think he, I don't know what the, I don't know what the deal is. I can't put my finger on it, but um, I don't necessarily trust that. I don't trust Georgia to win games big either. That's kind of the other thing that's like I guess difficult. Like I I think is is Bowers back? Do we know? Probably not. That was no, probably no, like no. A, a four to six week injury. And that was probably what, four weeks ago, three, four weeks ago at this point. So um, at best he would maybe be limited. Um, but yeah, I think I have to take Georgia here just because I could see this being like 17 to nothing Georgia at the end of the first quarter and be like, ah, womp, womp, you know, and you know, maybe Ole Miss backdoor covered like farts around and I'll just be really upset in that case. But I think, <laughs> I think that like Georgia, will be out of touch in this game personally i would love for them i would love for chaos to rain down and to for for i want old miss to win sassy clear oh yeah yeah i want that (laughs) i just don't think 
you know, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'll err on the side of being right instead of the side of being hopeful. What a sombering adult statement. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, Jason has temporarily left the building and he's back. Game number five, our nightcap. Guys, we finally get some Pac-12 after dark yeah, on the do. card. I will not be staying up to watch the entirety of this game. Um, USC is at Oregon. This will kick at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Oof. So naturally, our bodies will feel like it's 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. But you'll get to sleep in. Well, yeah. But I also might be playing golf Sunday morning. So, But you'll be, be yeah, playing right. golf. And I put ourselves behind the eight ball on this one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, all this to say, the Ducks are home favorites by 15 points. That's a big number. I'm still going to take Oregon. Um, USC has the same guys on defense. They'll have a different coordinator. But as Bo Nix said this evening, you can't really put in a new system in a week. They're going to be mostly the same plays, same scheme. They might make a few adjustments. He knows what's coming. He's doing the Tim Tebow, like, you know, the change of scenery really, like, helped me focus on things outside of football. And he signed off with a God bless. So give me Bo Nix. <laughs> home, home Bo Nix. I will take the Ducks. And uh, I'm excited to see how Dan Lanning attacks or uh, USC's offense with his defense. Because I think that defense is capable of making it nasty. Sure. Um, I'll take USC to cover here. Backdoor cover alert situation. Charging down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Valiant, Caleb Williams touchdown to cut it to 14 and uh to lose um i think i I think (laughs) i think oregon nothing nothing beats at 2 30 in the morning rooting for a backdoor cover you know just willing it into existence so um yeah i i uh side note like well i'm i'm kind of there's a lot of really good teams in college football this year. No, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's like more than four really good teams in college football this year. And I am worried that Oregon may get left out, which I think would suck. Cause I think Oregon is awesome. And I've yeah. espoused their virtues on this podcast before, but I think that they're um, really, really good. And I think they kind of lost a coin flip game, coin flip game at Washington and should get another crack at Washington, but the doomsday scenario is like one loss, Oregon, one loss, Washington do the sort of TCU Baylor thing from a couple years ago. And like, just are both on the outside looking in um, because we get Alabama, Georgia, Florida state, whatever, Michigan, Ohio state. Well, you know, those five teams are all like yeah. very likely to be maybe not Alabama, but those four teams are very likely to um, maybe not really switch around that much. So um so yeah, I mean Oregon has plenty to play for. So style points and and FU and and all that it could come into play here. But I don't know. I think USC's offense is a little too potent for me to not think that they could, you know, keep this to a fourteen point game. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off on everything Logan just said and take the Trojans to cover. Um, I think I think Caleb Williams is very talented, obviously. Um, I think Caleb Williams might be playing a little pissed off after he spent like four days with dudes behind keyboards saying he was a pansy for crying and all this stuff. That was I hated that. Um, yeah, we never said that, Caleb. To be clear, yeah, that's right. But we were 
will welcome you and your emotions on the way. I relish, I relish a good cry. That's right. Love to see the emotions pour out. I'd rather see him crying Um, than like not playing. Who cares? Like, what are we? Yeah. Anyways, that's a people made fun of Tim Tebow for crying as well. You know, it's true. Um, It's a real bonus. I think. I think I don't. I think it is the same dudes on defense. I don't think they're going to do something new, but I think they might play a little bit more motivated. Um, you know, Georgia Tech has the same dudes on defense, and they've been rattling some cages. They've got some life. They've so, been flying um, around, buzzing around. I don't think. Will. I don't think it'll be enough to to win. Um, let's see over under seventy three and a half. Ooh, seems sitting on a tee for somebody, um, but. Yeah, I, I think the line might be uh, a couple points too big for me to to take the full cover. So I will take the Trojans. Wow. Maybe they can fly in Antonio Pierce to coach the defense. Mm. Love that thought. Boys. <laughs> the Las Vegas Trojans. I'm going to be so upset as a Raiders fan. Me and Tiger Woods, big Raiders fans. <laughs> when, when Antonio Pierce, like, wins... 75% of his remaining games and they end up hiring Jim Harbaugh. That's going to be tough. I was made aware that Jim Harbaugh broke his hand um, punching out Jim Kelly uh, who was working as a broadcaster for CBS at the time when Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback for the uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the okay. reason I guess so. The Colts ended up not having a good year because Jim Harbaugh missed like eight games, and they drafted Peyton Manning. <laughs> what a world! What a what a oh, sliding doors! What a sliding door situation to psychopath Jim Harbaugh. He's like the Kevin Bacon of all NFL moves in the last twenty five years. But while while we're on the Harbaugh train, I you guys want to hear one of the most ridiculous stats in sports? I do. Yeah, Always. Harbaugh had more career rushing yards than Bo Jackson. Yes, I did hear that. I, it's, I saw that, yeah. That is it's crazy. A horrifying concept. Longevity, man. Sweet Bo. Yeah. I guess he didn't take a lot of sacks either. Good for him, getting the ball out. Getting the ball out, tucking it and running. Oh, in the Little NFL, maybe. Out here. So was this NFL rushing yards? Because those don't count. Sacks don't count as rushing yards. In the NFL, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's there we go. You're right. Hmm. That's cool. Um, every now and then when Mac Jones tries to run, I scream Mac Vic and it's 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 just Lance with my group of friends. It's really great. I can see that man. Well. <laughs> oh, it's Mac Vic. <laughs> it kills. It just Mac, it Vic, kills. Mac Vic Mac Vic kills. So it's pretty good times. All right. You guys got anything else? Sputtering, sputtering to our halt here. Thank you for being with a, another mega episode of the Wheel Route Podcast. Um, we might be back to regular scheduled uh, programming next week. I we think. might be. We'll check with the sponsors, see what the ad reads. Should be good. Like. My kitchen sink will be in tomorrow, and let me tell you guys, it's on. Week. It is. It is on. I'm gonna be scrubbing up, dubbing all the dishes. You feel me? Filling all, filling all manner of cop cups cops cups <laughs> scratch that strike that all right out, logan ladies and gentlemen <laughs> now let's start over all right thank you guys for joining us it's the wheel route podcast you know what it is at wheel route podcast on instagram send us emails wheel route podcast at gmail.com go to the website thewheelroute.com you can see the pics there you can 
listen to the show there, you can see pictures of our face there, at least for a little bit longer until Jason updates the logo. Uh, until we meet again, thank you for joining us. We love you guys. Go Gators. Go Hughes. Go <laughs> Gators. <laughs> <laughs>